So we are welcoming that boy, Funny, who is a comedian. He's an entertainer. He also said you might see him cutting your grass or washing your dishes. <laughs> we welcome in that boy, Funny, into the Undefined Studio with Josina Anderson. How are you doing? Oh, really? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm glad. <laughs> you trying to fake me out with your audio acting like it's not working with all the issues we had on bringing you into the studio, huh? We had a lot of um, problems, but we fixed it. All right, so let's go into the headlines as we do the Morning with T segment. The first headline that we have today is Chris Rock actually opened and kicked off this season with Saturday Night Live with a scorching take on the U.S. government. Rock said, quote, during that monologue, I think we need to renegotiate our relationship to the government. We need a whole new system before also suggesting that Joe Biden should be our last president ever because he says we need more requirements to be the president more so than just being the U.S. citizen and 35 years old. So I'm just curious, what proposals would you have for establishing a new government potentially? What make you different than just being 35 and knowing a little stuff about the economy? You just got to be a good 40 yard dash. You got to know how to <laughs> cut the grass. You got to be you need so you need some more requirements. You you got to bring a lot to the table. You got to see things different ways. Like I love to have a cross-eyed president because he'll see stuff different ways. <laughs> so uh, I think he should be a little cross-eyed so he can see two problems at once. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the second headline of the day. Russell Westbrook reportedly left an eight thousand dollar tip for his housekeeper when he left the NBA bubble. So first of all, I just want to know, do you know where we can find Russell Westbrook? Because I'm trying to get a part of this tip too. <laughs> I think he gave a tip just to, just in case they don't like consider stealing. So let me just give you as a tip. Oh, okay. So you can not worry about stealing nothing in his house. So I just... Have you ever like not given someone a tip or had an issue with giving tips? Or are you a tipper? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning my tipping abilities depend on how the service is. And mm. I mean, it depends on how much my the total cost was. If I paid mm. 10 bucks for a meal, I mean, I, I divided by how many people in the restaurant. So if it's, <laughs> <laughs> if it's 10 people, I divided by 10. Okay, it's 10 people. You serve 10 people. I'm going to just go ahead and divide mine. <laughs> that's how you do it. I don't know if that's working for you. And then you might get locked out the restaurant the next oh, time and they leave a tip for you on the door and say, here's a tip. Don't come back. Yeah, Last time I did that, I didn't tip the guy. I told him I, I actually hit the tip somewhere and I told him I hit it somewhere and he never found it. But I tipped him. Oh, you hit it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he doesn't like you. So we're going to move on to the next headline. Our president, Donald Trump, returned to the White House recently um, after having a brief stint at uh, Walter Reed Hospital after being diagnosed positive with coronavirus. And then he came back to the balcony of the White House and waved to everybody in a scene in which he removed his mask. And then he also told people in the video, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid. Um, he actually says he feels better than he did 20 years ago. So I'm just curious, what would happen to you if you went back to your job after being diagnosed with COVID without a mask? You shouldn't even be talking to me. You got to start calling me on the phone. Even if you're next to me, you just got to start texting or calling me because you, <laughs> you can't pretty much have a conversation and <laughs> it don't make sense. Not to say, I don't know if it's a PG thing. Uh-huh. Go ahead. We, 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 you can leave a talk. I mean, it's just like you saying, um, talk. You, it's like you have a sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, in, you already got something. Then you put it on the corner, like, hey man, I already got it. But... <laughs> you already got it. You can't put you can't put the corner on now. <laughs> you already got it. 
<laughs> All right, so we're moving on to the next headline. Uh, for our sports fans, Bill O'Brien, the former head coach of the Texans, was recently fired after starting off this season with an 0-4 record. And Brad Gagnon of the Bleacher Report uh, basically said he wants to cut out all the excuses for anybody who feels like he was unfairly fired. Uh, Bill O'Brien was 54-52. and 52. It's his combined record during the regular season in the playoffs. Uh, he never got past the divisional round despite having Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. And he also let go of Clowney, Dwayne Brown, and the biggest one, the biggest fish, DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm just curious, do you have any advice for how to handle this if you're Deshaun Watson and you're speaking to him? I mean, do your own thing now. I mean, <laughs> you can't stick to the playbook no more. Just do your own thing. Throw, uh -huh. throw the ball to to the to, to the fans and um, <laughs> do your own thing, call your own play call, hike the ball on on six. Um, you gotta work with what you got. Um, I mean, he can speak to me more so. Um, they can drive me in, mm -hmm. um, and I can pretty much get him. What? what? Yeah. Do the flea flicker, but be the flea. Yeah. I know it's tough with him right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even about him no more. They, they left him with everything. They left him for dead. They love him for dead. Well, listen, I'm so glad that you were able to join us for this segment for Rip the Headline on our Newspaper with T segment. So thank you for joining us. And coming up next, we are going to be joined by Magic Forward Aaron Gordon. So I'm just curious, that boy funny, you got anything for uh, Mr. Magic Aaron Gordon? You got anything you want to say to him? Yeah. I know you can jump higher than that. And <laughs> I mean, I can't even tell him to teach me no tricks because I can't, I can't dunk. I know he'd be dunking with no socks on, so... <laughs> All right, well, hopefully he uses some Febreze and, you know, freshens up his sneakers before he be dunking and everything. All right, we're moving on to the next segment. We are joined by none other than Orlando Magic forward Aaron Gordon hailing out of San Jose, California. He was the fourth overall pick in 2014. And where are you right now? Joe, what's happening? What's happening? Me on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Orlando. I'm okay. in Florida. It's sunny out here right now, so I'm everything, everything's good. Man, I see you rubbing your hair. I was just talking to you before we came on. I mean, your your fro is just living free. I'm having a little bit of hair envy right now. Oh, come on, man. I'm trying to get like you. You got the hang time. Yeah, I'm living my best life out here. I see that. I see that. Well, listen, we appreciate you joining Undefined. And somebody just celebrated a birthday September 16th. So I'm curious if you can say, but of course you got to say, what did you do on your birthday? What did I do on my birthday? Um, <laughs> let's see, I went golfing. Mm-hmm. I shot a music video. Okay. Okay. We're gonna get to that. And I uh, bought an Aston Martin. Okay, so let's get to the Aston Martin part. So you bought an yes. Aston Martin of color. What is it looking like on the interior? We gotta see pictures. You gotta text me the pictures. Uh, I'm gonna text you the pictures. I'm gonna send okay. you the pictures. Like kind of like baby blue, sky blue, kinda vibrant. Uh, with like royal blue on the inside. Okay. All black. It's the vantage. So it's the James Bond. And that was just like one of the childhood dreams. All right. Well, you also mentioned that you dropped the music video. We are talking not only to an NBA star, you just dropped Level Up. Tell us about your inspiration for that track. What's behind the inspiration to that song? I was down bad, had to level up. Now everywhere we go, yeah, they know it's us. I had to level up. Haters, they never love. They gon' remember us long after we turn into dust.
she fell in love, now she's spilling her guts. She gotta grow up, she's still just a pup. I had to blow up, I chose to be tough. Money and more, now we're doubling up. Skipping bullshit like we Man, doubling it's up. just, um, the stick, it be coming in about not Lie being stagnant. You, my trust. you know, don't ever be complacent. We're all, we're all looking to do better. You know, there's some people that, that kind of just um, are okay with just being complacent. And just okay with where they're at. Um, and, you know, the, the people that I'm around, my, my uh, friend group, you know, my, my, um, yeah, my, my clique, we're just, we're not satisfied with where we are. So we're just going to continue to develop and continue to grow and continue, continue to keep leveling up. So where did this whole music thing start for you? Uh, okay. It started with poetry. Mm. So that was, that was the first place it started. It started with an affinity for the English language. Um, and just, you know, putting words together, um, that sounded nice and, uh, being able to express myself, um, and kind of, you know, the whole jumble and the whole commotion of being a professional athlete and all the pressures that come with that. And then, you know, writing them out and then reading them back to myself and alleviated some of that stress for me. Mm, so what is your favorite poem that you've written for yourself? What's the name of it? Oh, it's called, um, it's called Little Boy Color. Mm. And um, it's basically about the injustice in, in the police department and about, um, yeah, just how terrible some of the boys in blue are actually boys in white, white hoods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked a, a little bit of that, about that and just about how unfairly black people are treated by police in this in this world in, in, in America. Or poetry, um, or do you have to like have the pad in front of you? I know, I remember a little bit of that one. It goes, um, yeah, sure. uh, it goes uh, to set the world ablaze. We must navigate the maze that society has made to keep us in our chains. So to cope with the days that slowly drift away, we smoke the they gave until we're laying in our grave, a gutter at a home a little boy colored in his kin who has to suffer for the color of his skin. Um, each day the reaper is nearer and is grim in more ways than one that ends is where we begin. Two men in white hoods, excuse me, blue suits, see the colorful boy and begin the pursuit. Uh, they think in his pocket, the government product really is not, it really is not a, actually a pipe that he took from his mama. He saved it from the drama of smoking her last dollar. And then it keeps going on like that. Wow. In uh, stuff. That's that's probably my favorite poem. I just want to kind of understand, you know, how things progressed after nine out of ten. I mean, obviously you dropped that after I know the the stinging loss to Derek Jones and Miami Heat mm-hmm. guard. You know, you little shade, a little friendly shade to Dwayne Wade and all of that stuff. And then after that, you drop your first video, pull up what you did with your teammates Mo Bamba and Wesley. I want to do so how have things kind of just progressed from there is it like your your confidence just you know rising with it and what's been the reaction overall mm-hmm. you know it, it came out of left field for a lot of people it's definitely out of pocket you know right. to hear <laughs> it was that <laughs> nobody nobody saw it coming which is dope um i love it i love it though and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. having a good time with it. Um, it's a, a social activity for me. You know, you got to social. Kind of, where are you trying to take it? Is it just a social activity or are you like, I mean, you have flow. You know, you got a vibe. I, I peeped out all your videos. So, you know, I, I did my research on you. But I mean, like, 
is it just gonna stay at a social activity or you want to take it beyond i mean you got like Le'Veon bell and some of these cats in the nfl doing this too you know yeah um i think uh, eventually it's gonna um pay for itself into the point where uh, i can create a studio mm. and leave a studio out here in orlando and then uh, some of the kids that don't have uh, the resources to get into a studio, they could come in my studio for the for the low, you know, mm-hmm. for the low. And just it's really about giving other people a platform. Uh, and I think that's the ultimate goal. So, you know, just rap, rap well enough to where I can create a platform for other people to uh, tell their stories and speak their stories and uh, hopefully get some change for it. Maybe you collaborate with AB. I mean, he's down there in Florida. He's been he's been doing his trial. I'm trying to remember what's that one that he just did. It's something about I know Sean Payton in the No. I mean, or something. <laughs> I, I, know messing, I know I'm messing it up, AB, but no, it's something no, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have a couple of AB songs, and I have. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna reach out to him. You gonna reach out? Okay, okay, okay. And lastly, real quick on that, what do your parents think? You know, you got your brother Drew, your sister Elise. They be like, "Yo, I mean, what's going on with this? I mean, does your coach from the Magic, Steve Clifford, say, bro, y'all practicing? Y'all out here just wilding?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. My mom don't like rap music, so oh, no. you know what I mean. So I, I, I keep it. So I, I, I keep it as um. PG as I can for her, PG-13 as I can for her, because she'll like it. I just want her to be able to listen to it and not cringe. My pop, <laughs> my pops loves it. Um, brother and sister love it. Oh, your, uh, oh, your father's riding. Your father's riding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so who uh, influences you musically real quick? Uh, artists? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Biggie and Pac. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Pharrell Williams, Jay Dilla, mm. um, Ayo, uh, Asa Owens, uh, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, um, Eminem, mm. uh, um, see you, Lauren Hill. I love that you said Lauren Hill because I was going to ask you, I mean, I know that you mentioned that uh, poem that you did, which which actually was very deep, just highlighting what's going on with social injustice and, um, you know, just the, the difference in treatment between people of color when it comes to their interactions with the police. But, you know, some of the songs that I've been listening to, 9 out of 10, Level Up, Pull Up, those are like, you know, funner tracks, right? So I'm curious, yes. are you you know, or maybe I just haven't heard them. Do you want to try to include some more of your deeper perspectives in, in your music, a la Eminem, like he did with Kim? Lauren Hill, you mentioned her, she, that thing. She's talking about a woman keeping her virtue. You know, like some of the tracks, are you going to get deeper with it? I am. Uh, it, it takes a, a lot more like concerted effort and thought, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, to uh, put yourself out there in a way that's tactful, that's tasteful, um, impactful and meaningful. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started rapping. I was turning on the radio and all I was hearing was about uh, money and women and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, big bucks. That's really, that was really what, it, what all it was. <laughs> I, I was hearing like every, every song was money, women, and big bucks. You know I'm what glad saying? you noticed like, that. Very real. shallow, very shallow. It's real misogynistic, right? Right, right. Yeah. Rap game is misogynistic. That's how it's been for a long time. I mean, I'm not mad about it. You know what I'm saying? Some of the best songs 
are the most misogynistic songs. I'm not mad about it. So <laughs> about it. So however, I started rapping. I'll put a Stephen A. However. <laughs> however, however, I started rapping, and then when I was rapping, I, my all my lyrics were misogynistic too. So I was uh -huh. like, damn, I gotta okay. shake, I gotta shake that. So it's right. been a little bit, bit more challenging. Get, getting past that shallowness you know I'm i not... love that you're honest about that about yourself and of course we all love music that it just rides right and mm -hmm. it is what it is you participate but i'm glad that you you know want to incorporate some like that poem that you did for me is that the first time anyone's heard that publicly i mean i i haven't heard that before i think so i i put it on my instagram a while back but i've never spoke it um publicly so and, and it, it goes on and then i, I got a couple more um it's like that. It's kind of. It's kind of like uh, like being torn between being black and white. Oh, okay. You know that one. You know. That one. You want to do a little? No, I'm not gonna okay. do that one. But but essentially, it's the concept of like uh, my great 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 ancestors could have possibly owned my other great 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 ancestors. You know, yeah. and it's yeah. just like that kind of like internal toil um, that needs to be expressed. Call it light skin yeah. problems. Yeah, because you represent both sides, so I definitely hear that, you know. But no, that's dope for real. Um, so real quick, um, I just wanted to say and give you this props too before we move on to the NBA. That your your whole vibe is so infectious because you know I remember watching you during the um, you know NBA. Hey, thanks, Joe. I, I mean, you just got a lot of positive energy. Like, I mean, I know obviously you know you into this NBA thing, but I mean, mm -hmm. even if you wanted to act or whatever, like you have like a vibe that really is you know brings people in. It comes through. So <laughs> I, I just wanted to say I props to you. I noticed that you know it's very happy. I mean, I'm not saying that you like that 24/7. But you know, I love that vibe about you. <laughs> hey, thanks, Joe. I recognize that in you too. Man. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's why we get along like that. That's why we get along. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You don't have to keep it popping. And so I know with some NFL players, they don't even like watching the Super Bowl if they're not in it or even listening to it or knowing anything about it. So, um, how do you feel about watching the NBA championships right now? Is that a thing for right. you? Or, mm. I'll be in my feelings. Oh no! You mean oh. Oh, it's hurtful. Oh, oh yes, hard. Uh, it's hurtful. The whole playoffs. The whole uh -huh. playoffs. Yeah. It just watching other people play. You know, I enjoy the game. I'm a fan of the game, but it's hurtful. I'll be mad as hell after the game for like the last next ten minutes. Uh oh! Do I gotta insert the track? How does it feel? Yeah, <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> You're feeling. I know, but but are you watching it though? Are you watching it? You've been watching it, right? I'm watching. I'm, watching. I'm a fan of game. I, I I gotta watch. You know, yeah. I feel like this is part of it. I gotta feel those feelings. So hopefully one day I could be on that stage. We can be on that stage. How do you compare rate Jimmy Butler's forty point uh, triple double? to anything else that you've ever seen in playoff history. I think that was the third time it's been done in finals history ever. Yeah, I think it's slept on because it's in the bubble. Mm. And uh, I don't think uh, I don't think people respect it as much as they should just because there's no fans um, or no fans just like around the court. And it's just kind of like a little bit dull in there. But um, that was amazing. He was yeah. balling from, yeah. from uh, start to finish. He's aggressive. He was attacking. Um, and uh, just a maestro on both ends, defensively, offensively, you know. So uh, I hope he can do it again, man. And then they started chirping, Joe. 
Yeah, what you talking about? Uh, Bron and uh. Oh, they was talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bron, Bron and uh Jimmy, they started chirping a little bit. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but listen, you know, I used to live in Chicago. I covered Jimmy when he played for the Bulls. And, you know, that's when he came up, you know, being known as, you know, a great defender. And the fact that his game has evolved, you know, to where he can be running the offense, leading the game in transition, you know, and then guarding LeBron and and then scoring 40, not like, you know, just a little here and there, like actually leading the team. So that I think that that's super dope. I mean, on top of that, I just want to ask you, what's the chances are that you're giving them to tie the series? Oh, man, I still don't really have too much faith in them, man. I thought <laughs> <laughs> Wait, after all that love, I mean, I don't see me butler, but yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, all, that being said. <laughs> that being said, however. <laughs> so let's move on. Let's talk about you. You know, you've had six seasons uh, with the Orlando Magic, and I'm just curious how specifically you would say, Aaron, that you evolved as a man specifically after this season. I mean, you went through some adversity with the injuries, with the jaw, the sprained ankle, and all of that. So even just for that portion of the season, before you even got to the All-Star break, how do you feel like you evolved as a man? Oh, wow. I I feel like I'm I'm much more uh, in touch with God, um, doing what's right for myself, Mm -hmm. uh, doing what's right for, for my team. Uh, for my family, you know, playing, playing not from a selfish point of view, you know, and I think that's a, a, a huge transition for me because, you know, I was always just balling, like it was me out there, like it was just me, and, and like I hate playing with people like that, mm. you know, and it's, those aren't fun people to play with, people that are just all about themselves out there, so I think that was one of the biggest transitions about um, how important it is to, to play with a team and to be a, a good teammate and then at the same time still, you know, get in your bag and, and be right. who I need to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, How do you uh, like uh, impacted you, though? Oh, that's huge, man. That's a, a part of the game, but that's huge. Uh, you know, just with Kyle, uh, when Kyle, like, snatched me out the air and uh, I, I pulled my hamstring, you know, that, that was a – it was so emotional for me just because I had been working so hard through that quarantine and then just to be out like that, not being able to help my team. And like and really, the yeah, exactly. Not, not even go to the playoffs like that. It, it really, uh, it really messed with me. It's part of the game. You know, it teaches me, it teaches me to get better. It teaches me to get better with my body and teaches me how to uh, navigate shysty plays. Why did things click kind of after the all-star break for you all as a team? I thought we started playing with each other. Mm-hmm. I really thought we started playing with each other. Uh, I started making the three ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, my percentage, of, yeah, making the trade was going up. So uh, that makes uh, our team better when I'm making the three. Just it opens the floor up a little bit. Uh, it allows me to make plays for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're passing the ball really well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think we finally put it together. How are you dealing now with all this chatter as to whether you know your game fits? with the other four, Jonathan, Isaac, right now. A lot of, I, I've been reading some headlines down there, you know, so how you dealing with that chatter? Yeah, I mean, J.I. is a really special talent. Mm-hmm. Like, that boy is like seven feet, <laughs> long, quick, right. 
Yeah. Uh, Eight feet oh, everywhere. Yeah. You said <laughs> Tapway is good, man. Right. Good. I love it that you're giving them love. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell but do you yeah. feel like y'all's games gel? Because, you know, people talk about whether you all can play on the court, you know, at the same time. And some people felt like they noticed that, you know, maybe there was more of a gel when your minutes were staggered and, you know, it's not necessarily – you know, messing up the game and transition and whether you guys need to interact better more, you know, in transition and how you played when you, you know, you're more two feet closer to the basket and things like that. So do you feel like y'all can mesh together on the court at the same time? You know, we're both utility. We, we do a little bit of everything. We do do it pretty much all on the floor um, and defensively when we're together. Um, his off ball defense is so crazy. And then my on ball defense is good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, defensively we're, we're really good once we figure it out. And then, um, I mean, you know, back in the day, it was more like, you know, you had to have a, a six-foot point guard and then a six-four shooting guard and then a six-six small forward and then a six-eight power forward and a seven-foot center. Right. You know, that was like, that's a recipe in the NBA. Back that's what it day. was back in the day, in like, 2000, in day. like 2010. Or, be- or before that, you know what I'm saying? Before, <laughs> before, yeah, before that, when you got like Steve Kerr bringing up the ball or what have you. But I hear yeah. you, you know, now four or five right. can bring up the ball. It doesn't necessarily need to be someone at the one or the two spot. And then someone like yourself can swing it out wide and, and you know, have a three-point game and things like that. Right, yeah, like that was even, that was like 90s basketball too, you know, have the two big, uh, like four men, the four or five, they could be interchangeable with the centers. Right. The guards now is now you you got the Houston Rockets who are playing all small, right? You know nobody's over six foot seven. That's the way the NBA is going. Yeah, you you just want to have the most talent on the floor. That's mm-hmm. how you win. That's how it's always been in basketball. It's not about positions. It's you put the most talent on the floor, and the the more talented and organized team usually wins. So how do you feel about some of the talk that came up? Excuse me. How do you feel about some of the talk that came up during the trade deadline? Um, You know, when your name was kind of floating around as to whether they were considering, you know, whether the two of y'all could, you know, mesh and things like that. And I'm talking about John. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's the name of the game, though. You know, it's a a cutthroat industry um, for the most part, you know you going after somebody else's spot and somebody's going after your spot and you all trying to win collectively. And then, you know, you might wake up one day and look at Twitter and you trade it. And so you're happy in Orlando? Yeah, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my... I mean, I'm not just talking about life and your Aston Martin, Aaron. <laughs> I'm talking about basketball. <laughs> I know you riding and golfing and all that other stuff, okay, Ooh. with your fro and everything. I'm talking about basketball. <laughs> You're like, yeah, man, I got my 17 million. I'm cool. I'm straight. <laughs> I'm good out here. I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. Don't talk about basketball. You know, this is where you want to stay. Yeah. I, I mean, for the most part, it's really uh, the only thing that I can control is just playing the way that I can play. You know, being myself, staying in the moment, working on my game day in and day out, and then helping my team, whoever I'm with, right now it's Orlando Magic, get to as far as we can get to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just keep improving, keep playing with my teammates, and, and just keep being 
better as a person and a player. And then the last thing I might say is at some point, I might want you to pen a little uh, poem for me. Okay. I, and it obviously ain't got to be about me, but just, you know, in general, you know, I would, you know, it could be short, it could be long at some point, you know, maybe, and then I, I might read that out or something like that, you know, maybe you could do one for me. Perfect. I, I think it, it should be about, um, and you, know, you, yeah, I think it should be about you, uh, you leading the way, being a leader in your own right, in your own field. Ooh, I like that. A black, a black woman, a black woman in America breaking glass ceilings and opening doors for herself. I think I can do that. You think you can do that? I would love to see what you come up with. You know, okay. you got some extra time. You know what I mean? All right. Got a bet? Yeah, it's a bet. Okay, I love that. I love that. So I'm going to holler at you. Well, everybody, I want to say thank you for Aaron Gordon coming into the Undefined with Josina Anderson studio and lounge and joining my show and gracing us with your presence. Beautiful soul. I appreciate you. So thank you, likewise. So we welcome in Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry into the Undefined with Josina Anderson studio. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Looking all glorious with the flow, you know, just the fro just spraying everywhere, looking no, all I'm juices excited. and berries. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I want you to just kind of describe to me the contrast of where you guys were mentally after Baltimore blew you guys out week one, 38 to six, um, you know, compared to where you guys are now, especially coming off of a six and 10 season the year before. Uh, yeah, it was tough. You know, we hadn't really got many live reps uh, against a true opponent. Um, so, you know, it, it was tough. And then obviously Baltimore having a system that been in place for a while now with a lot of the same guys, you know, once they got the lead, you know, it's always kind of tough to come back on, on a team like that. And from that game, you know, it's just kind of us understanding, Hey, listen, we can't turn the ball over. We have to get the ball in our playmakers hands. We have to try to find our identity. Um, and that was running the football, you know, um, this far. So I think we've done that the last three weeks and it's paid off. How would you describe though, the concern level? I mean, after that game. Um, I mean, it wasn't for us. It wasn't. It wasn't as concerning. Obviously, we go into every game and we want to win every game. But you know, it's a long season. You can't just base everything off of you know the the, the, uh, the first time performance. You know, in a sense, you know, to start the season. Obviously, for us, you never want to lose a, lose a game. But you know, it happens. So, who would you say stepped up vocally? Whether it's amongst the players, the staff. Um, whether it was in a meeting, practice, in y'all's break time, that said something that really resonated with you guys between now and then as well, and even if it was yourself, because I know how you be having your sermons now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, listen, I think we got a great group of guys. I think everybody is very in tune to what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish, you know, and we kind of, for us, you know, if you look back to last year, and just the whole thought process about our team and how we look on paper, you know, it's like, it's, it's a no brainer that we should, you know, go undefeated, win the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just the NFL and things don't work like that. And I think we know with the experience that we gained over last year, you know, our success and our failures, you know, taking it into this year, understanding that, you know, these are the little things that we have to do to get the wins that we need. How could you make the most obvious point? I mean, you turning quarterback, on the deep ball, you know, you say yeah. you're supposed to hurt and all this other stuff. I mean, clearly that was a tweak to the The offense. more you can do, right? The more you can do. <laughs> we were practicing. Listen, that was one of the first plays that we practiced when we came back from, you know, this quarantine and all this stuff, missing OTAs. That was some of the first plays that we practiced and we just never got it called. It was always up, never got it called until last week. 
I was in your bag, so it came out the bag. Come on, I had to open it up and pull it out there. Pull it open there. it up, right? I had to open it up. So tell me how you are feeling, because we also know that you came off off-season hip surgery. You know, it was very important to you to continue your streak of, you know, consecutive games and things like that. How are you feeling honestly right now? I know you and I have talked about injuries before with you. Where, where are you honestly? I think right now I'm probably about 85, 85%, something like that. You know, I'm still working through a lot of things. Um, you know, which I've, you know, I'm being real, real, like, down to the T with everything that I'm doing, you know, whether it's here at the facility or away from the building, um, just to make sure that I can get ready for Sundays. But it is a grind, um, but that's part of it. That's part of who I am. And that's something that I've embraced my whole life, my whole career. So, you know, I don't, I don't use that as an excuse. I just go out there and just try to do what I can each and every day. I know I've seen you sometimes in the locker room where you just can't take it and you just have to go clear your head. And then there's sometimes where you just come with it emotionally. So how have you evolved in that? way i think just continuing to 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 read the room read read the guys like I, i'm real familiar with the type of guys that we have in this in this building and you know how they like to be talked to you know or, or critiqued or whatever it is you know and then me having the same open mind when you know somebody has something to say to me you know what i mean and being able to you know take criticism being able to take you know, uh, you know, a guy getting on me for lack of effort or whatever it may be, you know, and that's something that, that comes with it and holding each other accountable. I know uh, OBJ had made a comment earlier this year that he, you know, was okay or just kind of understanding that this might not be a year where he gets a lot of yards because you guys are relying on the rushing game so much, number one, in the ground game as well. After the last game against the Cowboys, what do you feel like is the opportunity for integrating more of the pass with the run? Yeah, well, I think we did a lot of, you know, play action, moving the pocket type of things, um, you know, getting the ball in, in space. You know, we did some creative things. You know, obviously that first series, me getting a chance to throw the ball to, you know, to O and then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, um, so, you know, I think that's, a, that's part of who we are. You know, that's part of who we are. And, and we're trying to build on that each and every day. And how do you think Baker Mayfield was just dealing with increasing headlines, kind of doubting his play at the beginning of the season, coming into the season? You know, some of the debate, you know, pundits also talking about the number of commercials that he has. From what you see on the ground level, how do you feel like he's been handling that? Amazing. I mean, he's been ignoring the noise. He comes out here each and every day, you know, works his butt off, you know, um, you know, is constantly, you know, challenging themselves to make, you know, the tough throws, challenging themselves to stay in the pocket to, you know, whatever it is that, you know, he believes that he needs to work on to help give us a chance to have an effective play. You know, I think he knows ultimately this begins and ends with him, you know, and um, so for us on the outside, you know, we want to continue to make those plays that we can for him and building the trust and, you know, building them up and go from there. So basically, he's still got his George Jefferson swag walk around the building. He's oh, he, yeah, he does. Ain't nothing but swag in there. Ain't nothing but swag in there. Trust me. Ain't nothing but swag in there. Full of confidence. I know. It. Last couple of questions as I get you out of here. I know that you are a father and you are, um, you know, a family man. I want to know what uh, concern or the degree of concern that you have with the recent COVID outbreak in the league. Yeah, it, uh, it's tough looking at everything that's going on, going on this past two weeks and then even today a couple of other guys um you know made the COVID list it's, it's tough you know but I think here in Cleveland we're doing a great job of 
sticking to every protocol. You know, trust me, I hate waking up at six o'clock in the morning to come and take this COVID test, you know, but they're making sure that we stay safe and they're keeping the building and the environment, everything getting disinfected. So it's, it's, it's a safe environment. And, you know, we're just hoping that everybody around the league is doing the same because we want to play football. Yeah, I mean, I had a source uh, talk to me and call me a high-level source in the NFL saying that he is uh, uh, proposing or he is for um, having localized hard bubbles. You know, what would you think about that? You know, if you guys had to, like, stay all to a hotel for the rest of the season and, you know, kind of stay away from people. Closely. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, like I said, we want to play football, right? Um, you know, I think for us, you know, the logistics of that probably would be crazy. But if it's something that helps us, you know, accomplish what we want to accomplish, which is playing football um, and competing, then, you know, I'm for it. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate your time. Any uh, predictions on the way out as far as y'all going to keep this going? Anything you want to say about the Colts the rest of the season before you leave? No, no, no. It's just good to see you. It's just good to see you. Like I said, <laughs> I, 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 love, I love your spirit. I love everything that you got well, going you like on over there. You like my eyes. Yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming into the Undefined with Josina Anderson Lounge and joining us this evening. Uh, we will definitely talk to you later, and good luck against the Colts, 425 p.m. Eastern. So we are welcoming back in that boy funny to the morning after. Whoop, whoop. You know, this is the segment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where we react to just random things happening everywhere, whether it's on the internet, just in your life, or what have you. But in this edition, there's another video on TikTok of a black female, look like she's on a couch in the bed, can't quite tell. And of all things, that boy funny, she is singing um, the theme song to the Golden Girls. Thank you for being afraid. Oh, oh, Thank you for oh, being yeah. a friend. Look like the uh, Jodeci or the church version. Uh, what's your reaction yeah. to this? <laughs> I'm trying to put a backstory towards it. Like, mm. she had a good friend that really, they were arguing with another friend about, no, you should not eat that. And she was just saying, thank you for being a friend. And she, had, <laughs> like, gave her one more day of dieting and, I mean, of not eating healthy. And she pretty much, she she was happy. Right, right. Like Cisco was in the background. They, <laughs> <laughs> they always were mixing something. I'm like, man, just let the song be. That's even with a happy birthday song. You got a simple happy birthday song. Then you got, we got, like, I don't know, 10, 10 happy birthday songs. I, I, <laughs> So happy much. birthday hey, to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really trying to make you happy because black people but they ain't got no more gifts for you so they just keep singing <laughs> different versions <laughs> all right sweetheart we appreciate having you on the show thank you appreciate you all Have right you too you too sweetheart